Apple and Epic, their fight is making headlines. What is all the hubbub about? And what does it mean for you? We'll talk about this and more on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Hello. And Michael Simon. Good morning. So usually August is kind of a quiet period and we're, we sit around going, oh, what are we going to write about? Uh, but there's actually some stuff going on. Apple's actually kind of in the middle of a fight with another big company, Epic Games. A quick sum up is Epic Games makes Fortnite uh, and they have on PCs and Macs, they have something called the Epic Game Stores, which is like Steam. It's the place you go to buy games. It's a c competing game site. And Epic, along with other developers and people like Spotify and stuff, have taken uh, umbrage with the fact that Apple forbids you from making in any in-app purchases with your own billing and stuff. So you have to use Apple's billing and get your 30% cut. And then Apple's got exceptions for things that sell physical goods and like uh, or services like Uber or Amazon, stuff like that. And for reader apps like Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. So because they took umbrage to that and the fact that there's no way around it because you can't have any other app stores or sideload apps on an iPhone, they decided they would uh, uh, flaunt this rule that they think is anti-competitive and they literally just updated uh, Fortnite to have their own payment in there and charged less. They had a 20% discount saying we're passing the savings on to you. That well, that that yeah, that discount was was across the board. It was so last week they came out with lower prices for their V Bucks, which is their in-game Fortnite currency, and across the board everything went down twenty percent anywhere you buy them. The kind of cheeky move they did was they said, "Here's our price, and here's Apple's price." So it, it was for a thousand V Bucks, it was eight bucks or ten bucks if you use Apple's. Uh, right. In app payment, and system. and to be fair, also Google Play. If you used, they did the same thing on Google Play, and and did the same charge there. Although on Android phones, you can directly download Fortnite and have their own do their own payment, and they have it on the Samsung store. Yeah, it's available through um, if you have a Samsung device through the through the through the Galaxy Store, just as a normal download, and it pops on your phone just like normal. Uh, on Android, other Android devices, it's a bit of a multi-step process you have to download an AP apk you got to uh, change a couple permissions to allow that to happen you have to um circumvent google's play protect um protection you know there, there's some issues yeah, there. there there's a walkthrough it's they don't make it as easy as it could right. be and um, they actually called out google for that a few months ago and that's why they put fortnite in the play store because google was making it so i, I don't want to say that it's they, that, that it's fearful, but if you don't know what you're doing, you're getting warnings all along the way here. Yeah, and they're trying, again, Google's trying to stop people from downloading sketchy stuff. So so the next thing that happened is Apple, as you would expect, kicked Fortnite off the, the place, uh, off of the App Store because they were violating the policies and terms and conditions of the App Store developers, which is what... Epic was expecting because Epic had a lawsuit ready to file immediately, like within uh, like ten minutes. <laughs> that, yeah, what, like immediately in yeah. in uh, California District Court, alleging anti-competitive practices, and they had about ten examples, ten specific 
ways in which they're violating both the Sherman Act and some California antitrust law. Uh, and they, they made a video in Fortnite that was a parody of Apple's 1984 ad, their famous 1984 ad with Apple as the bad guy. So they had this all ready to go. A few days later, Apple uh, actually canceled, uh, revoked Epic's entire developer license, which means not just can they not use the tools and stuff for Fortnite, but really any application that they make for either the iOS or the Mac, because you can develop tools on your own for the Mac, but you're going to have real trouble distributing them if you don't get them notarized by Apple, which requires Xcode, requires submitting it to Apple. So even if you're not selling it on the Mac App Store, you're not going to get it notarized. That's a real problem because Epic makes Unreal Engine, which many, many other developers use, and this was going to make it really hard for them to ever continue developing and updating Unreal Engine for either iOS or the Mac which hurts a lot of other developers. Uh, so they filed an injunction with the court saying, hey, until the suit is over, let us back on the app store and reinstate our developer license. And Microsoft filed, who has, we talked about last time on the podcast, just got their, uh, wasn't able to publish their xCloud service on, on the app store filed a, a statement in support of Epic, not their entire lawsuit, but in support of their injunction, reinstating their ability to make the Unreal Engine, specifically, saying, yeah, that hurts us. Uh, and the judge just uh, split that difference. They said, yes, Apple can kick Fortnite off the App Store for violating its rules, but it can't remove their entire developer license and forbid them from updating Unreal Engine because that hurts all these other devs. So they won kind of half of their injunction as this court goes on. And it's going to be both sides of this case are act, asking for something like six to eight months to prepare their case before this goes to court. So unless this gets settled out of court, it's none of this is going to be done <laughs> in a year it looks or more. Somewhat unlikely for yeah. that to happen. There's a Fortnite update coming tomorrow, uh, chapter two, season four, or chapter four, season two. I'm not a Fortnite player. My son tells me about it, so that's gonna bring Marvel, uh, uh, like like a, a Marvel tie-in. That the last one was uh, Aquaman. Each you know each season has its own unique little stamp, and iOS users, iPad and uh, iPhone, they're not gonna be able to get that. Like they can play it now. If if you if you had previously downloaded it, you can play it. That ends tomorrow. Because the new version's coming out, it won't update, and that's it. Correct. And the to be fair, uh, this is happening to a lesser degree on the Google side as well. Uh, Epic did sue Google as well at the same time, although they have a lot less bones to pick with Google. It's, it's a much more limited suit. It's just about the in-app purchases and um, and the take that Apple uh, uh, that Google takes, and that there's you know that they don't. Um, uh, because there is other ways to get other stores on the the on your Android devices, and you can sideload apps and stuff like that. So it's much more limited. But they are suing Google over the same sort of call it a price fixing. Some people call it a cartel, a duopoly, whatever. 
you know, um, at the crux of, so that's the, that's the sum of where we are up to today, (laughs) uh, that the judge said you can't block Unreal Engine, but you can block Fortnite. And that's, that's until late September when the, when they have a full hearing on this injunction. This, this was like an emergency appeal that Epic called for. Yes. Uh, and, and the, like we said, the actual case is not likely to be argued in court until like next summer or something. It's going to be a while. So as I understand it, uh, cause I think some people might be wondering, for instance, why is, um, Unreal Engine in jeopardy or was in jeopardy when it, this is all about Fortnite? And as I understand it, Apple's policy is when they I guess revoke a developer's license. It includes all the associated licenses, as I understand it. So it's not just, for instance, in this case, it's not just the license for Fortnite. It includes all of Epic's other licenses. If they were to pull the developer yeah. account, yeah. yes, yeah, which they did originally. They said, um, yeah, they were. There's there's a difference between you keep your developer account and we're just not approving this app for the store and we're revoking your developer account, which um, Apple threatened to do, for example, for Facebook, when Facebook was using their enterprise license, that's supposed to be for internal tools. Like they made a, they made an app to like schedule the, your, what you're getting from the lunch cafeteria and stuff like that for like Facebook employees. And they were using that license to do some customer tracking stuff that you're not supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on your public apps it was a violation of those things so and and you know uh they uh facebook backed off there what facebook was doing was a lot sketchier yeah than, that was that was easy to get over. behind apple on. <laughs> yeah they were they were that that wasn't a dispute over like how much we have to pay apple or that we can't adhere to the rules that was like we're using our enterprise tools license to snoop on people um, but that was the same sort of situation. They would have anything Facebook published, they would just re- completely lose their license. The the difficulty and part of the part of Epic's complaint is that you can't publish legitimately to an iPhone or even to a Mac for that matter without a developer license and without agreeing to certain terms. Like there's no way around those terms. It's less so on the Mac because all you're really missing out on is like you can write code in Notepad if you want, but eventually you're going to have to package it up in Xcode and submit it to Apple if you want it to be notarized. And if you want an app to not, you want to put an app out there, you sell it on your website or whatever, and it's not notarized, then it's going to throw up all these warnings. It's going to be like, kind of like installing, like Mike said, like installing on uh, Android is you, you have to turn off all these protections in Mac OS. You can do it, but most people, even if they're not selling in the app store, get their apps notarized. So, and that's a real issue for people who use Unreal Engine who further aren't going to have that ability. And Unreal Engine is used by a lot of, not just games, but there are a lot of other things that it's used for. Uh, I didn't, I, so The Verge has this really good article about why the Unreal Engine is so critical to Epic's, Epic Games' business. And one thing I, I learned from that article is that, for instance, 
they use Unreal Engine in television production. So like all the all the sets and stuff for like the Mandalorian, they use the Unreal Engine to kind of preview those sets. So there's a whole kind of industry that it that yeah that's sort of around. It's used a lot in sort of pre-visualization and blocking out and stuff like that. In that, it's used in a lot of academia. Um, it's there's there's a lot of places that that's used. And, and to to Epic's uh, credit in all this uh, Unreal Engine, there's two versions of it. One is completely free to use, and one is um, they charge five percent over. I believe it's a million dollars of of revenue of or, or or profit or I forget which which one it is, but it's not. It's not like they're yelling at Apple, but then taking 30% from the people that use their stuff. Right. And and people sell uh, assets for Unreal Engine all the time. And you can do that within Epic has a sort of a store for front for doing that. But you can also just sell them on your website or whatever. Like you can there, there's no lock in uh, core to Epic's complaint is not just that we think 30% is unfair, which a lot of developers are complaining about and they think. Uh, it's unfair that if I was selling a physical good, it would I would get to use my own billing, and if I'm not, then I have to pay thirty percent. And you know, uh, but if it's a subscription, it's fifteen percent in the second year, and all this other, you know, uh, it's not just that. It's Epic's complaint is that an iPhone is a general purpose computer. It is not a limited device like a game console that they sell. You know. 50 million of there's one and a half billion of these out there people use them more than their regular computers for every aspect of their everyday life and apple is holding that entire market hostage behind an agreement that you have to agree to or there's no other way to get your software on there you can't nobody can alter offer an alternative they can't say well apple charges you 30 percent and does all this for you and if you like that, fine. If you think that's a good deal, fine. But we're going to have a different store where we charge a different amount and do different things for you and compete with them. They're saying Apple doesn't allow people to do that uh, and that they shouldn't be allowed to. It should work like the Mac where that is possible. Steam is on the Mac. Epic's Game Store is on the Mac. There's other things. Yeah, that's that's the question. If depending on how this case goes, we might see that maybe the Mac will get locked down. Yeah, more. It, it would be funny if it, it had the the opposite <laughs> effect, and instead of opening the iPhone, they closed down the Mac. <laughs> yeah. So it, Epic's argument is that the iPhone, due to its scale and importance in people's life as a general computing device, uh, has to be more like the Mac and less like a game console. Everybody brings up the game consoles because they charge 30%. Why is that fair? And it's like, well, it's a game console. It's only for games. It's not something you need for your entire digital online life. If you don't have one, you can't like not do your homework or whatever. Like it's a, it's not a computing platform in that sense, number one. And number two, their cut is more justified because they make like no money on hardware. They lose money on hardware at first, and it takes years to even kind of break even on, after the R&D and the cost of initial development and stuff like that. So it's there, it's not the same thing as Apple, who makes a ton of money just on the hardware. All these developers are adding value to the hardware that Apple makes a lot of money selling. So that's that's Epic's argument. It's It's hard to talk about this topic without sounding like you're picking sides. Because even just describing the situation 
it's almost it's hard to not make somebody sound like the bad guy. Yeah, I mean that's the bigger question is to me is you know who's right and I don't I don't know it's it's kind of you know because it's all about business and you know Apple should have the right to make its thirty percent but I can also see at the same time developers and Epic going that's a lot of money that you guys are taking for well what? for they're and, they're getting they're getting. Apple is providing a storefront that reaches billions of people all over the world. It's totally secure, easy to access, easy to find. They promote apps constantly. I mean, there's a lot that you're quote unquote getting. The question is, now that the iPhone is as big as it is, now that the store has been around for 10 years, is 30% worth it anymore? Mm-hmm. And why, if, I, if I'm selling a physical good or service, if I'm a plumber and somebody's going to book my plumbing job or something on there, I can, have, I can bill myself, uh, my own way. I can use any of the millions of turnkey billing services and stuff. But uh, if I'm selling a virtual plumbing game or whatever, <laughs> I have to, they have to take a 30% cut. That's, that's an argument that they say, well... It's not totally secure, really, if many of your most popular apps, whether it's Amazon, Uber, Starbucks, whatever, have their own billing services. You know, there's out of all the apps everywhere in the app store that everyone uses, many people are using many apps that do not use Apple's billing simply because they sell physical goods or services. So you're not really... Apple's argument that like we have to protect the consumer really isn't true when they also say these kind of apps can't. And there ha- it has to be that way because there is no 30% margin. Amazon would go out of business if Apple took 30% of everything. <laughs> right. Or a coffee shop or whatever. Like there, there's no 30, you can't take 30% off the top or you'd have to, it'd be this undue burden where you'd have to charge a lot more, which is also something that Apple doesn't allow. So yeah, it's it's a mess. Uh, certainly, I think if you if you take the temperature online, you you get an entire gradient of everything from fully full Epic support down with Apple to I'm 100% behind Apple. If people don't like it, they could have bought a different phone. That's a tough argument to make because, like, like if I switch to Android. I got to replace a bunch of HomeKit stuff. Like I, there's not, it's not just the Wait, you have, you have HomeKit the, stuff? Yeah. The, <laughs> the court is going to measure the burden of somebody being able to avoid the Apple's lock-in. That's, that's one of the things that uh, the court is going to examine. Like, and, and now having something that doesn't work as well with their computer, doesn't work with your smart home devices, abandoning all those purchases that you've made, things like that. So that's it's not as simple as just saying, we'll pick another phone or whatever the cost of that new phone is. It's the cost of that new phone and a lot of other stuff. Plus, you know, you're looking at Apple TV Plus and iCloud and all these things that keep you tied to Apple. Google, you know, Android, you can get that stuff anywhere. There's there's nothing really keeping me to Samsung's trying, but it doesn't it's not it's not the same. You know, Android is is much more bounced from phone to phone. Apple is, you know, if you want this stuff, here it is and it's easy and it's 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 all there. It's it's it all works with all your devices and we want you to stay here. And people like that about Apple and to to Apple's credit, like they they talk about how well everything works together and they're right. It it's great. It's this seamless uh, experience. 
So uh, there's there's no one answer, I think, to all of this. I mean, the easy answer is for Apple to come out with a press release tomorrow and say we're lowering our charge to 20% for the first year, 10% for the second year for everybody. Done. Well, and they would well, still make lots of... second year of, of what? Of subscriptions, sorry. Oh, well, the subscription. They're no, not no. worried right. about subscription. We're so, every uh, purchase. Uh, all right, no, no. Well, all right, let me, let me, let me back up. Twenty percent. Take ten percent off the top for everything. Ten percent for subscriptions in the second year. That would make, I think, okay. everybody happy. Uh, I don't know if that amount would make everybody happy. Well, Epic right, charges right. something like twelve percent or all something. Right. So then fifteen percent. Whatever the case may be, they would still make billions of dollars, and it would not have a material effect on their bottom line. My my solution for Apple to this is to turn it into this great developer success story. Because honestly, uh, um, whether or not you, uh, whatever side you're on with this, people are fairly in agreement that uh, developers are unhappy with Apple's rules and Apple's cut currently. Yeah, I, I don't think whether it's hey or I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be. Yeah, big or small, hey, Spotify, Microsoft, like everybody's got a complaint. Um, and one might ask, well, do you expect Apple just to wake up one day and say, oh, well, we're just going to change it all? Or do they have to be dragged into it? I think they're going to have to be dragged into it. Whether you like Epic or not, you may you may say, I hate the way Epic's going about this and I don't like the company and whatever, but somebody big enough to have right. this fight is going to have to have this fight with Apple. And it, it, it is a little surprising to me after, particularly this year, this is kind of ramped up a little bit, that Apple didn't at WWDC or around WWDC change the terms of this contract. Um, it's because it's bad PR for Apple, no matter how you slice it. In fact, my son, he's eight years old. He plays Fortnite, and he, you know, we talk about it sometimes. And he asked me, he's like, "What is this Apple thing?" Because he knows I cover Apple, and he knows that you know I'm into all this stuff. So I actually I showed him the original 1984 commercial. I we we went through the Fortnite one, and we talked about what was happening, and I, and I explained the whole thing, but. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a tech journalist. I'm not a parent. Most parents wouldn't wouldn't pay attention. So now Epic is sending these messages out, and I'm not saying they're wrong for doing that. That they're completely in their rights. And honestly, the the commercial was clever, and it was accurate. Yeah, and they have to fight this a little bit in the court of public opinion. They have to put pressure on where the the best solution for Epic is for there to be enough public outcry that Apple makes a change before this goes through two years of court battle. Yeah, for sure. And Apple was, and and to a large part still is, that, you know, benevolent superpower. That, that like That's what they want to be. And Epic is really trying to paint them as, you know, this, this big conglomerate that only wants your money. And they have, Epic has a pretty damn captive audience to do that. So it's surprising that Apple is just being like, nope, we're we're not giving in. We are. This is it. I'm we not surprised your, at all. We want your your. Well, I'm surprised they haven't come to at least done something to meet developers in the middle. Not not this week. This week, I mean, now they're they're just digging in their heels and they're like, well, you know, forget you. We're not gonna we're not gonna let let you drag us to the mud. But be, before it reached this 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 was going to happen. Whether it was Epic or someone else, this was bound to happen. Yeah, Spotify the sued that, him how many times? Yeah, yeah, like, right. I, and it's know. like something this big and this this 
this cultural impact was gonna was gonna happen. And the fact that Apple didn't necessarily see the writing on the wall, or if they did, didn't care, is it's it is it's a little surprising to me. The thirty percent cut, developers have been grousing about that for a while, maybe even for years. The problem is, you know, a lot of developers are just not big enough to take on Apple, and so they have to give in to that compromise. And you know, when the whole Epic Apple thing started, there were a lot of people grousing about how can you get behind two companies that make so much money. But the thing is, it it required a company as big as Epic to take on Apple because these little developers. And, and let's not confuse an, a, a company worth a few billion with a company worth more than two. <laughs> right. Epic, Epic is, is big. Not... Apple, Apple could buy and sell Epic tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, many without times even really are. noticing. Yeah, if, that's, if, that's, if that's if Tim, Tim Sweeney Cook didn't change. own, yeah, Tim Sweeney owns more than 50% of Epic himself, so he, they, they can't just hostile take over it. But, but no, like, yeah, it, it's pocket change. Um, for, for Apple. So yes, it is a big company that makes a lot of money, but also <laughs> these are not, this is a David and Goliath situation. Uh, Spotify going after Apple, I think was a bigger company going after Apple than, than Epic, maybe. Uh, my imaginary solution for this is for Apple to, to drop the uh, in-app, the in-app purchase fee and their fee to 3%. Basically, are just slightly more than most credit card swipe fees. Most credit card swipe fees are two, two and a half percent, something like that. Maybe for premium cards, a little more. So basically, they're going to cover their credit card processing fee, and that's it. All the hosting and updates and everything else, Apple's just going to take the hit on that, right? Just eat. That's however many hundreds of millions of dollars a year that costs Apple. And give up on the five billion in revenue that that their thirty percent cut gets them a year. Let developers have it all, but also tell developers that uh, everyone's got to use it in app, uh, whether you're selling physical goods or services or not. Which now you're just a credit card processor. You're not going to bankrupt anybody on that. Now they get to say, yes, it is about protecting consumers, you know, and not having all these other credit card, not having your credit card details out and who knows other people's hands and stuff like that. And the de developers would flock to it. They'd be like, this is a great deal. Like this is it's the same price it would cost me to use any credit card processor. And I don't have to worry about anything. I mean, if they did that, developers might even start using the Mac app store. <laughs> like it's right. It's, so just make it a cost of doing business. Make it like we're such a huge company. We can just eat the cost of running the app store easily. It's nothing for us. And we're just going to cover credit card costs, but make everybody use it. Uh, and that, I think that's the best compromise between Apple getting their homogenous, everybody, like that experience they want of everybody using this, but developers being happy with being railroaded into one thing. Now that's, doesn't cover stuff like we talked about last week with them not allowing the xCloud service. That's a different policy argument. It's not part of this, and I think they need to address that too, and that's a different situation. That's that's a whole other developers aren't happy <laughs> with Apple situation. But uh, yeah, 
that that would be the way I would do it if I were Apple. I would just come out and say like, we're giving you this gift, because uh, that's the way Apple talks about it in all their court filings and everything. They talk about all the money that developers have made on the through the App Store and on the iPhone. And using their tools, they're like, oh, we give you all these tools, you know, we give you metal and Xcode and all these other things. And it's such a weird argument because it's like, but, but you have to, <laughs> like if, if I'm a, if I'm a developer, you're not giving me the gift of, of the metal API when I have to use it. I don't get to choose Vulkan or some, or, or oh, you deprecating OpenGL, like it's not really a gift. It's not really a gift if you're saying like, look how much money you made on the app store. It's like, but I can only make money on the app store. I can't make money on anyone else's app store. I can't sell direct. How much more money would I be making? So plus, yeah, plus it's they're charging a hundred bucks a year to be for the access to those tools. Not to mention, yeah, it's not <laughs> giving is a little yeah, yeah. but you know. But uh, Apple's argument has always been, without the iPhone, all of these developers wouldn't have these great apps to sell and there's there's some truth to that the 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 money the sales or whatever metric you want to use it is astronomically more than google because apple does provide better tools better ui better experience and all that stuff and you know for for and they don't some sell developers cheap it's it's true what's that and they don't sell cheap phones part of and the, they don't part of the reason phones, right? the per phone revenue on Android is so much lower because when somebody buys a $200 phone, they don't spend a lot of money on apps. I mean, there's that too, but it's also that the, the quality of the apps with the exception of the big ones, they're just better on iOS. There's no, any, any Android person will tell you that. And that's because of what, what Apple provides, but they're also making a ton of money on the back of developers. And I mean, I think Epic's argument would be, um, Sure. Uh, let me choose to do that. Let me choose uh, Apple's tools and, and a 30% cut or something else, somebody else's tools and a different cut. Like why? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's ever going to, I don't know if Apple, I don't think that's going ever going to gonna happen. I think they would sooner shut the iPhone down than just allow anyone to develop anything for it. They're, they're very adamant about not, allowing that and keeping it closed. I don't know if it's necessarily a money thing, more of a privacy thing, more of a, just an optics thing, but they do not ever want the, the Mac on the iPhone. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And, and that's weird to me because if they're, if their whole argument is how great it is for developers and how safe it is for users, why haven't they locked down the Mac? Why are they making, why are they allowing the Mac after all these years to be worse and less secure? if that's really their argument. It is, it's a very good question and they've never really even tried to address that. It's just that they have these two uh, these two platforms coexisting with extremely different philosophies and they argue for both. <laughs> so it's, and uh, none of this is over. This is no, gonna pile this up. is just beginning. Yeah. And, and Epic is going out there to other notable developers who are uh, un unhappy. With They're trying, Apple. but they, they've and, so far been not that successful. Yeah, I mean, it's going to take some time. I mean, I don't think even if Spotify is really livid about this, for them to, to do a, an actual legal anything is going to, you know, lawyers have to go over some things. Like, do we want to get in this fight or do we just want to send out a tweet of support? You know, <laughs> so 
I don't, none of this is going to be resolved really fast. I and I, I do give, I give Epic a ton of credit, even though, even though they are a very big company, you know, Fortnite is their game. This is like, this is it. If Fortnite goes away, the Epic goes away and they are well, really, they get real small. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Maybe not goes away, but they're, they're, they're sticking to their guns and they're saying, you know, we are going to not allow iPhone and iPad users to play this game because we believe strongly in our argument here. And it's not, I don't think it's, you know, yes, is it about money? There's a small part, but I think mainly it's about the open system and they want, you know, the and best of course it's about experience money. for their users. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, it, it's Tim always Sweeney about came money. came out and said, yeah, it's about money. They're, they're, they're taking an unfair cut of our money. We work hard for our money. Like, what's wrong with arguing about money? <laughs> like, that's what a business, our anti-competitive business argument is about. But I do think the open open argument. I mean, that's that's been Epic's thing for for a while, and I think they firmly believe that Apple is hurting users and hurting the experience and developers and, and the whole platform by refusing to allow it to to be open to to other to other avenues. I've used the Epic Store on because uh, uh, Samsung has it, and well, Android you can get it on any phone, and you know it's it's perfectly fine. It's nice. It's it's quick. It's it's you know it, it's a great experience and there's no reason why it can't be on the iPhone, right? Really no technical reason. Not, not that I see. It's a it's, it's a safe. It's, it's secure. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it, it's they've done this before. They leveraged the I mean uh, on PCs and Macs with the Epic Game Stores to compete with Steam, which had a a virtual monopoly in, in games distribution on on especially the PC. They took. Fortnite, which had grown huge, and they sold directly on their site and had a launcher, and they said we're we're gonna turn that launcher into a game store, and give pe- give developers a better cut because th- to compete with Steam, uh, and they've been building up the store. The store doesn't have all the features Steam has. It has a long way to go, but they they basically said, well, shoot, we've got tens of millions of Fortnite players. Let's turn that into competition where it's needed, and. Uh, since they can't do that on iOS, they're just yanking Fortnite. <laughs> like they're not yanking it, but they did what they knew was going to get it yanked. So you know, I don't, I don't know the exact demographics of Fortnite, but I do know it skews pretty young. And my son's eight, and he plays it all the time with all of his friends. And I, I said before, he he saw that Apple commercial, but I mean, he he plays on Xbox and their Switch, and you know, a lot of his friends have consoles. But now, if you don't have one. And your eight or nine year old son is playing, and they're excited for the next season, and it comes out tomorrow, and they can't get it. All of a sudden, you as a parent now, well, well you know, screw you, Apple. What are you doing to me? Right. So you know, <laughs> or even if you have one, like people, it's one account, and you play on you know both things. So some people like you know they check in, or there's virtual concerts in there, and all this stuff. Like even when you're not playing, people just go in there and hang out. And I just, I wonder like, so who, who gets the blame when that happens? If if you're not up to speed on all this stuff and, you know, as a 10 year old or a nine year old, you might not be, do you say what the hell Fortnite? Or do you say what the hell iPhone? Like who, 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 who gets the, gets the, yeah. And it's going to be on Epic to kind of use in-game messaging and stuff like that to make sure that they lay the blame on Apple. Right. They're going to, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. It depends on how the kid gets the message. 
if the yeah, and if the message is coming from Epic, they're gonna blame it's, Apple. And it's it, they're in the driver's seat there because Apple doesn't really have a a thing where like when you try and launch Fortnite and it doesn't work that they're not gonna pop up a message saying like Epic Games violated the rule. <laughs> like, that's not gonna happen. So yeah, so Epic has an advantage there. Um, and and like we said before, like this is just what's happening here. Uh, Apple is under multiple antitrust investigations in the EU. Last week in Korea, a bunch of startups called for their uh, Ministry of Science and ITC to, to investigate Apple and Google, and now they just announced that they're going to do that. So uh, South Korea is the next one to look into this. So whether it's Apple or Google, um, the way that these platforms operate now that they're so big, now that phones are such a part of everyone's daily lives, you know, what they did 10 years ago isn't what you're allowed to do today. That's sort of the core of antitrust is that um, that having a dominant business isn't some magic number or percentage market share. It's when other people can't avoid your product or your store or your whatever it is, right? And And that's kind of true. It seems like it would behoove Apple to make this decision on their own, but it doesn't seem yeah. it seems like they're gonna be court ordered to do something it, and the smart thing for Apple to do would be to um change change get, make the change that is gonna satisfy people that, that they get to decide instead of getting told what they have to do. Finding something that's gonna satisfy the, the EU and Korea and you know, the U.S. and everything is going to be tough. Yeah, well, that, that's a separate issue. I mean, the developer thing is one thing. The antitrust government thing is another thing altogether. And, you know, Google fights that on a daily basis. And whatever the fine is, is going to be a drop in the bucket for Apple. Good. I mean, you know, they're, Google's, they're so much damn money. Google's uh, last time Google got in trouble with this, the, the core problem with them was about bundling apps. It was about the fact that, like, well, they put Google Maps on all the Android phones and no, anyone else with a mapping app really doesn't have any, like there, there, there's no avenue to success when everybody's got one built in. So, and they were, it was about exploiting that. Yeah. And it, there was a small fine and they had to change the way they deliver these apps and nothing, nothing materially changed at Google at all. You know, they wrote a check and that was that. <laughs> You still get Google apps when you buy a new Android phone. It's just a couple of checkboxes and it's a little different, but it's the same thing. And but that's a that's a different type of thing. This, you know, Apple has a chance here to really look like a good guy, for lack of a better word. And they don't seem to be wanting to do that. <laughs> I mean, the smartest thing would be for them to not to do what they think the court is going to force them to do, but to decide on their own to go further than that. That would be, you know, and, and look like a hero to developers. Like, but I think reading their arguments and listening to what the PR they put out there, they, they, it seems, oh, someone dropped their phone. Sorry, I dropped my phone. <laughs> it seems to be that they think that they already are the hero to developers. Yeah, they, they are, they're definitely putting that out there and they're not, they're not seeming to want to really kind of budge on that, on that, st that stance. Whether it's Phil Schiller or, or whoever, you know, they've they've had big names roll out statements that are just like, well, why why are you saying that? 
look at the glorious gift we have given you, which makes them sound like a cartoon villain. Like this is every authoritarian villain in every movie or something talks about it's it's total control over everything as this glorious gift that have freed that we have freed you from worry of all these things like that's exactly the way apple sounds it's it's not good it's not a good look and you know when 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 apple rolled out the app store 2008 they were not this i mean apple was a real the, the iphone was basically the they're betting the entire future on this device yeah they sold 10 and million iphones a year and had an installed base of 20 million or so uh, at that point that's that's way different from one and a half billion phones and 200 yeah, and million they, phones they, a year. they they weren't a two trillion dollar company for sure i mean you know now they make money hand over fist they tim cook walks out the door and trips over a hundred dollars i mean <laughs> i just don't i just it just doesn't make sense to me that apple wouldn't say this is bad for us it's going to hurt us in the long run and we can easily Apple's argument is it hasn't changed in 10 years. And, and everyone else's argument is, yeah, it hasn't changed in 10 right, years. Right, that's the problem. <laughs> like we, we understood it back then. It was, it was novel. It was innovative. It was, you know, it's a, and it you, was and different. And literally you weren't a, a, mon, a quote monopoly, right? You didn't right. have a dominant. And you can argue that the iPhone wouldn't have been as successful without it. All of that is true. Not anymore. Now, just because there's a new iPhone, they're selling 50 billion of them at the end of this year. Uh, 50 million, sorry. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, all they have to do is slap a 12 on it and, <laughs> and they're going to sell 50 million of them. It is a huge business. Right. Huge. Yeah. Bigger than any other company. Not to mention that like it, this, this affects the iPad as well. And there's no other tablet. Like it's the iPad and a bunch of also rands. And yeah, nothing. The Kindle, the, uh, there's a uh, uh, Samsung. I mean, nothing. Yeah. And Apple knows it, you know, they're in a position and you know, I mean, maybe I'm naive and I'm not a, a businessman and I'm not trying to keep my, my $2 trillion company, you know, chugging along. But it just seems to me that, that, you know, by making that move and getting all this good press and keeping developers happy would be much better than fighting a court battle for two years that's probably going to result in something similar. I, I can't wait for Apple in court to argue that iPhones and iPads are not general computing devices of the type that a laptop is. And then for Epic to trot out Apple's what's a computer commercial <laughs> where they, or, or where they argued funny. exactly that. <laughs> or just, you know, talk to anybody who uses it. I mean, there are days I go without, with doing all my work on my phone. I mean, it's, it, there's no way to, to, to not make that argument. But you know, what, what, what do I know? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sitting here as a, as a journalist. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want to, um, I'm not trying to say either company is necessarily in the right here, but I do think that, uh, Apple has, and they both have their arguments and there's legitimate arguments on both sides, but I do think Apple has made developers very unhappy lately. And I don't think that they're going to change without getting dragged, uh, for it. And um, so you kind of have to, if that's the way you believe, then even if you don't think Epic is necessarily right or a good company, you kind of have to want them to win for the sake of other art, you know, maybe not to win the whole thing. Maybe you don't want other app stores in the iPhone or something, but you need to, you want to see them affect some meaningful change that's going to make developers happy. And I think somebody's got to have a, they're going to have to be, to have their nose bloodied to make this happen. Yeah, and I just, I do not see 
Apple winning, even if they win in the sense that the judge says, you're right, Fortnite has, can stay out of the App Store and you can, you can boot out anybody that you want based on these terms, they look like a monster. Like there's no way to come out of this looking good. That's true. So but I just don't think make they the, just make the decision. I don't now. think they think it it matters because I don't think they think it's going to cost them iPhone sales, and that's to to be two D determined or iPad sales. Maybe maybe not, but at some point your brand gets tarnished. It has to. You wonder, yeah. And then slowly over time, you know, things change. I mean, no nobody has stayed on top forever. Or there comes a point when developers, I don't know if they unite or coordinate and they say i'm not going to develop for the iphone anymore or i'm not going to develop for the ipad anymore they have to be willing to make that i guess in, in a lot of cases that'd be a, a huge sacrifice for developers but that that's when it would affect start to affect the user that's when a user would go i don't know if i want to get an iphone anymore because i can't get this out i mean there were so many people in my twitter feed when it came down that like the Xbox game streaming stuff will not be on iPhones and iPads and, and Microsoft issues there's issued a statement saying like, look, we tried, we can't find a way through there's it's in, we, we want to do it and we can't. And it's, you know, Apple's policy is prohibit. We just no way forward. And I, there were a lot of people in there going like, well, I'm never going to buy an iPhone again. Now that's a bubble of like hardcore gamers that I'm around and it's not really going to impact sales a lot, but when it's, the next bubble and the next bubble and the next bubble. And eventually there's enough people who are just going to go like, this feels restrictive to me and I'd rather have something else. And it's the hard part of that for, for a lot of people is that it's not just their phone. It's like you said, it's tied to all these other things. It's a hard switch to make. Well, this is a developing story and it's going to be going on for a long time. So we'll be talking about it again probably in future yeah, podcasts. Yeah, this will be a topic and... every week for the next few years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, and, uh, but, and, you know, we'll uh, follow up with coverage on uh, Macworld.com. That does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 710. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thanks for tuning in. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes through SoundCloud or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you next time. Mm-hmm.